This does involve presence. This involves being here now and orienting ourselves towards things that we say that we want. Hey friends, welcome back to Tales from the Journey. I'm Stephanie Zamora and today is our season two closing episode. We are gonna be talking about practicing presence facing forward, writing yourself into a storyline that feels aligned. So these feel like very important topics to wrap the season up with. I am also excited to share that we are going to be launching a second podcast, which will be coming likely towards the end of summer or the beginning of fall. I have a big shift in my branding, shift in my messaging coming that I am really excited about. It feels so very different and so very me at the same time, which is an interesting space to navigate. But I'm so, so excited for the new conversations that we're going to be having. I decided to save some of the solo episode topics I was going to have in this season on this podcast in that podcast. They fit a little bit better. This will likely be an ongoing podcast. I already have the name, but I will share it all with you soon. So if you're not following me, Instagram is the best place. You can also follow me on Facebook. But to wrap this season up, I want to talk about a few really critical topics. And the first First is practicing presence. This is something that I was reminded of recently going through my own big life transition, moving from Colorado to New Mexico. And there was just a lot of change going on in my life. There was a lot that I was navigating personally in my relationships, in myself, in my healing and growth. I was coming out of a several month period, a almost a year of really deep initiations, deep growth, deep awarenesses and, and opportunities to really heal and step into who I'm here to be. And presence was something that came to me when I landed here. I realized how disconnected I had been feeling because I was so isolated in Colorado because I was so deep in my own processing and healing and growth work and really just moving through a lot so rapidly. And so I decided to make presence my ultimate practice. And I have to admit that it felt silly. It felt silly because I have been doing this work for so long, since my early 20s. So like over 15 years, I've been doing this personal growth, personal development, healing work. And presence was one of the very first things that I ever put into practice way back in my early 20s. I remember really trying to practice presence, really trying to be in each moment. And so it felt silly to make that so important again. Like it felt like one of those things that I know how to do this and I don't, this this isn't the most important thing. There has to be something bigger, (laughs) more substantial than I'm supposed to be doing. But presence is one of the most critical and powerful practices that we can put into place at all points in our journeys. In fact, it should be something that we work to make very second nature. And I had lost that. I had lost that presence for a variety of reasons. And so I practiced it very intentionally. I would be in the bathroom getting ready, just like staring intently at the towels, like taking in the texture of the towels or the cabinets or the texture and design of the countertop. Like I was really taking in every moment and I would have these moments where I would get sucked into my thoughts and I would get sucked into old stories or old fears or old wounding. And I would just say out loud to myself, just driving around town, be here now, 
be here. This is your life right now in this moment. And then again, I would just take in all the details of the moment and it has been so healing and has produced such incredible shifts so rapidly. I mean, the accelerated pace at which I have been getting clarity, getting downloads, feeling more like myself, feeling happier and more aligned and fulfilled and creative and healthy and all these things has just been so accelerated. And I credit that to presence. And presence is something that is very difficult, especially if we're grieving and especially if we are in the aftermath of things like trauma or even big life transitions. Like we're so uprooted from ourselves, from our lives, from our relationships, from our work. Like we're so just stripped out of the known and familiar that it's very difficult for us to practice that presence, to really be in each moment. And that happens for a variety of reasons. Trauma especially is a very neurological, physiological experience. And it it changes the way that we are wired and the way that we feel and process. And sometimes our brain even turns certain things off to keep us safe. And grief, grief is such a full body experience. Like nobody (laughs) told me that. Nobody has accurately described that for me. Since going through my loss, I have certainly found a lot of incredible mentors and healers and teachers and guides in the grief space that talk about it. But before that, nobody ever told me that grieving was such a full body experience. Your body physically hurts. Your body slows down. Your neurology is different. You're not thinking clearly. You're tired. Time is different. Your experience of time (laughs) and where you are in time and space is so different from when you're not in a grieving state. And so it's very difficult to be present. And presence isn't about bypassing experiences. I am not about bypassing in any situation, but I just want to make it really clear that practicing presence is not about bypassing our experience, the heaviness, the bigger contractive emotions, the fears that might be coming up, the traumas that might be triggered, like even the stories that are present, like all of these things come up because they are ready to be detoxed and to be metabolized and processed out of our system, out of our bodies. And so It's not that we want to ignore them. We want to work with them. And the best way to work with them is to be present with them. So presence is not about bypassing. It's not about like, ooh, look at the pretty flowers. (laughs) I'm just going to forget that I am traumatized, that my entire life has been turned upside down, that somebody I love is now gone. Like whatever it is that you're going through, it's not about bypassing that. So presence is really just about engaging with each moment, this moment and the next, being fully engaged all parts of you with what is in front of you. And we have to hold both in terms of moving towards things. So we likely have goals. We have healing that we want to get through. We have places that we want to be, things that we want to achieve or create or experience. So it's about holding both. Like I can hold in my heart that I want to be at a certain level. I want to own land in Montana, right? But I'm not in Montana. I'm in New Mexico and I am still in the process of getting the camper that I want to have and taking certain steps that I'm taking right now around my business and my finances. Like I'm not where I want to be. And I'm not ignoring or denying or forgetting about where I want to be. I'm holding that in my heart. I'm holding that in my vision while I'm engaged with this moment, like while I'm fully here, here in New Mexico, here with my family, here doing the things that I'm doing, laying the foundations that I'm laying, like I am fully immersed and engaged in every aspect of my life. And we do this through our senses. The best way to do that when you notice that you're not present 
is to engage your senses. One of my very early mentors on this journey was Josh Pice, and he does a program called Committed Impulse, and it's for actors. He's an actor. But one of the things that really stood out to me that he used quite a bit was, I'm back. He would say it out loud to us as a group and get us to say it back. But he basically trained us, anytime you notice that you're not here, just say I'm back and say it out loud if you can. Because that engages your senses, right? Like you feel yourself speaking. You feel that reverberating in your body, in your throat. You hear your own voice, like you're cutting through this noise in your head. And then engage in your senses. Feel the chair beneath you. Feel where you're resting against something on your back. Feel the way, like I'm feeling my hair right now, the way that it's resting on my shoulders because I'm in a tank top. I'm hearing the weird saw-like sound that must be some kind of bug (laughs) outside. And I'm smelling the fresh air that still smells a little bit like rain. And I'm noticing how the light is bouncing off of things. Like I'm, I'm noticing how dusty my microphone is. I should really dust that. I am engaging fully with the moment. And if you're in conversation with somebody, Stop thinking about whatever you're thinking about. Stop thinking about what you're going to say or what you want to talk about. Listen to the sound of their voice. Really hear the words that they're saying. Try to really take in the state, the energy behind their entire being in this moment. Like really engage as fully as you can in each moment. And it will feel really silly at first, but I promise you it's, it's so powerful if you stop and take in the texture of things, the smell of things, the lighting. Like I am so familiar with all the tiny details in this room, in the nature that's outside my window, in the inside of my vehicle. Like I am taking in so many of the details and that brings us back to this moment. Like be here now, be in your life now and really engage with it fully. And this is so important because when we're here now, this is how we're able to create exactly what we desire by engaging fully with this moment. Even if this moment is so far from where we want to be, even if in in this moment, your grief is overwhelming and unbearable, the trauma triggers, the, the feeling of that trauma moving through your body is so paralyzing and exhausting, like be with those feelings, be with those emotions and experiences. That's when we can really be with them and feel them fully and move them out of our system to create more space and freedom. That's how we can notice the stories that we're telling ourselves and how untrue they are and where they come from. And we can start to just create more freedom in our life. And we can't do that if we're not here. We can't do that if we're constantly distracting or numbing or bypassing or we're just go, 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 or our mind is in the past or the future. Whatever it is that you want, healing, wholeness, money, success, the relationship, moving to Montana, whatever it is that you hold in your heart only becomes accessible to us if we start by engaging in this moment fully. And so there's so much about this and way of being work that I want to talk about on the new podcast. I've talked about that a little bit on the show, but just know that that's coming and just start to practice presence. I don't care how far in your healing and growth journey you are. Again, I have been doing this aggressively and excessively for over 15 years, and I still had to be reminded that, oh, I haven't been present. (laughs) I have been totally checked out from my body, from this moment, from this life that I'm living, from where I am, from how I feel. Like I need to practice staring at the towels. It's not too small of work. It's some of the most important work. It's very foundational and fundamental. So I don't care if you're just like, 
like, Stephanie, this is boring. Like, I want to hear about the deeper stuff, the processing stuff. What's the magical mindset shift for X, Y, Z? Like, be present, be here, start with that. Even if you think that you've been doing it, do it even more and make sure that it's something that is second nature to you. The second piece, which seems a little bit contradictory to practicing presence is facing forward, facing into what it is that we want. And so this does involve presence. This involves being here now and orienting ourselves towards things that we say that we want. Because what happens in challenging chapters and big life transitions is that we get very hooked into our stories and interpretations, but also the past, right? We idealize the thing that we're losing. So I think about the breakup that really catalyzed this entire journey over the last year for me that has been so just insanely incredible. I I don't even know that I can accurately describe all parts of it and what I've been through and how it's shaped me. But it started with a breakup and it was a breakup that I chose. It was a breakup that I knew was right for me. And still, even knowing that, even having like a high after the breakup, I had a few weeks where it was just like, I feel so good and alive. (laughs) Our subconscious does not like change. It does not understand that anything it hasn't experienced is actually possible. It thinks that like it's unsafe, it's dangerous, it's not real, it's not possible. Like we need to stick with the known and familiar. Even if that known and familiar is making us sick or depressed or whatever pain it might be causing, even if it's abusive or toxic or unhealthy, like we will still want to return to the things that we're trying to leave behind, even if we consciously know that we want something different. And so facing forward requires presence. And it's a practice that I've had since early on after my loss of coming into this moment, where am I in time and space right now? Like really anchoring into this moment through our our senses, our practice of presence and orienting towards what we want. This is like this constant practice of reorienting. And I talk about reorienting in a lot of the interviews, a lot of people share their own experiences of reorienting to themselves and their life and their relationships and their work after the experiences that they've gone through. So there's a lot of just incredible modeling going on. And I talk about it in the very first three episodes of the podcast. I think it's episode two where I talk about reorienting in more detail. I also have a free training on it. If you head over to talesfromthejourney.tv slash free, there is a training on journey mapping and reorienting and it goes into much more detail. But this is this constant practice of reorienting, noticing when you're craving, desiring, wanting to go back, idealizing, hoping, like you're, you're looking backwards, even if it's something that you don't want anymore, even if it's something that you recognize you can never have again for whatever those reasons might be, that you should never have again for whatever those reasons might be. Notice when you're doing it, don't beat yourself up. It's human nature. It's how our subconscious is wired. Notice when you're doing it. I had to constantly reorient towards, I don't want that. I chose to leave it for good reason, come back to this moment, this moment in space and time where I exist right now, wherever that might be, tap back into what I do want. And we don't always know that, especially when we're grieving, especially when we're trying to heal from trauma or toxicity. It's hard to tune into desire and what it is that we want. And so you can reverse. You can say, well, I didn't want that. Why didn't I want that? It didn't feel good. It was hurtful. It was, you know, whatever the reasons are for the thing you don't want. So you know you want at least the opposite of that. (laughs) 
you want things that feel good. You want to be happy. You want to be healthy. Find even the smallest goal. Find even the smallest goal. Like I want this little tattoo on my ankle. I'm excited about that. I want to go see my best friend and I want to swim. Whatever you want. It could be so small. It could be what you want for lunch. I really want pizza. I haven't been to that pizza place in a while. Come back to this moment, orient to yourself where you exist in time and space, and then reorient again in the direction of the things that you want. Face forward. And you can think about it. This really came from, I had a lot of moments after my loss where if I closed my eyes, I could always visually see it was this ongoing, continually unfolding, like visual metaphor for where I was in my healing. Like I would close my eyes and this little movie would play. And there were these times after I had clawed my way out of the depths of grief and trauma, clawed my way out of this deep, dark well. There was this one point in the visual metaphor where I remember like turning away from the well and facing towards there was a hill and there was like a, a town on the other side and all the people were gathered there like it was this turning and facing in a different direction. And so we're doing that energetically. We are reorienting ourselves, our whole selves towards the things that we want, even if they're small. So if you are grieving and you're heartbroken and you're lost and you're turned upside down, but you know you want that little tattoo, orient yourself towards that. What's something you can engage in right now that moves you in that direction and towards having that little seemingly insignificant thing? If it's dinner, how can you orient yourself towards that? Do you need to go buy groceries? Do you need to make a reservation? Should you see if your friends are available? Would that be fun? And if it's a big vision, I am so grateful to have such a clear vision for what I want for my life and my work. It's very easy to reorient. I can pick any aspect of that and I can orient towards it and I can shift my way of being in the world and how I'm showing up and what I'm doing, what I'm focused on energetically, my thoughts, my beliefs, my emotions towards the thing that I want. Facing forward is a constant practice. Do not beat yourself up if you find yourself not present or focused and fixated on the past, even wishing and hoping you can go back. That's completely normal and human. It happens throughout our lives, no matter how much you heal and grow. Come back to this moment, orient to where you are in space and time. Be here now. Engage fully in this moment that's right in front of you. Tap into something that you want, a desire, a vision, no matter how big or small, and face forward. Move yourself towards that. Imagine it in your mind like you're standing on a trail. And you're looking backwards. You're looking at the parking lot where you came from. You want to orient. You want to face forward. You want to face towards the mountain that you're climbing. You want to face towards the lake that you're walking to. Visualize it in that way if you need to. You are faced in one direction. Face forward. Face towards where you're going. The last piece that I want to talk about as we close out this season is writing yourself into a storyline that feels aligned. I talk a lot about story. Journey mapping is really focused around story, the story of our lives, the seasons of our lives, the storyline of our purpose. And we get to decide what ending we want to write ourselves into. And that can feel silly. That can feel impossible, can feel super annoying when you're still deep in the depths of your journey. I know that. (laughs) I I found these conversations frustrating myself and I'm still going to have it with you because we are practicing presence. We are being present with our experience. We are being present with our emotions so that we can process and move through 
through them so that we can heal and grow so that we can figure out what it is that we desire and who we want to become in the aftermath of this. And we can start facing forward and moving into it. Meaning we've talked about this before, especially I think in the last solo episode, human beings are these magical meaning making machines. We assign meaning to everything. It's just how we work. It's how our brain works. The problem is if we haven't done the deeper work of clearing out our subconscious, our core wounding and working with these deeper strategies that really are like our baseline operating system that we're unconscious to, the meaning that we're assigning to things is often unhelpful. It's often limited. It's often colored completely by past experiences and beliefs, by past traumas and core wound stories and experiences. So we have to do a lot of work, again, being present here in this moment, clearing out that deeper subconscious muck and static and noise that colors everything because making meaning as detrimental as it can be a lot of the time is actually a really powerful skill and tool when we've done that deeper clearing work. So clearing out the subconscious winning strategies and beliefs, being able to see things for what they are, like what actually happened. And we talked about that in the last solo episode as well. I have a whole book on it called What Really Happened. Feel free to grab it at stephaniesmore.com slash shop. That will really help you with this concept. When we can do it cleanly, When we can cleanly assign meaning, there's so much power in that, so much creative power in that, because we are deciding what we want and how we want to allow things to shape us. Really important, powerful, transformational work. I've said before in a lot of the interviews as well, I do believe that everything happens for a reason. I just do not believe that that is always spiritual or divinely orchestrated. There is always a cause and effect. It just isn't always some meaningful, spiritual, inspired reason that it happens. If you think about especially horrific things that happen in the world, it's a result of cause and effect. And sometimes that is just a bunch of humans being jerks to one another. The chaos of the world that we live in, like natural disasters, like there is there is cause and effect for everything that happens. And so I personally do not believe it matters why something happened. If that's important for you to understand, I would invite you to dig into why and see if it's actually beneficial for you. Sometimes it is. For the most part, it actually doesn't matter. What happened happened. It had an effect, whatever those effects may be. Now it's up to you to decide what meaning you want to make from it. That does not mean that you have to assign some higher purpose meaning to it. It doesn't mean that you have to choose to take a traumatic event or a loss and turn it into your purpose work in the world. It does mean that this experience shaped you somehow. How do you want it to have affected you? How do you want to have been shaped by it? How do you want your life to unfold from here? Do you want it to be something that drags you down and derails you and keeps you small or keeps you so far from who you're here to be for the rest of your life? That's a choice. It's a choice to stay in that deeper, darker place. It's a very difficult choice to choose to come out of it. I am not trying to make light of the work of choosing to rise up and come back. It was the most difficult part of the journey for me. And I talk about that in journey mapping that the fall is not the hard part. The rock bottom is not the hard part. The hard part is making the choice to rise up and come back because it is choice after choice after choice. And it is so much work, so much healing, so much growth. It is the most challenging and most painful aspect of the journey. So I'm not trying to make light of it. Like just choose it. And it's a choice. It's a choice. And we are meaning making machines. We get to decide the meaning of what happened does not have to be some purposeful, inspired meaning. I don't take my ex-boyfriend's suicide to be this divinely inspired, purposeful event. 
it is a really horrible thing that happened. I will never think to myself, oh, we made a soul agreement so that I could X, Y, Z and he could whatever. It doesn't matter to me if it was a soul agreement. It doesn't matter to me if it was just cause and effect of him being the human that he was in this human experience. What matters to me is that it happened and it sucked and it rocked my world and it rocked the world of so many people. The meaning that I have chosen to make is that I let it shape me in a certain way. I chose to heal. I chose to learn more about trauma. I chose to incorporate it into my work and support other people with it. I chose an ending to the story that felt purposeful and good to me. Purposeful and good to you could be something completely different. It could be completely forgetting, clearing out everything, doing your healing work, but completely leaving it in the past and never thinking about it again. That might be what's good and purposeful for you. For me because of who I am and because of what feels purposeful to me, going through the healing, going through the growth, learning everything that I did and incorporating that into the work that I do was good, was purposeful, was aligned for me. I want to take the things that I have walked through and allow them to shape me into more of who I'm here to be and to help me clear out more of what's stuck and stagnant and to help me learn more about myself and other people in the world. And then in turn, incorporate that into the work that I do and help others in the process. So it's not that I make meaning of his death. It's not that I make it purposeful. It is something that happened. It happened. It sucked. And I chose to make meaning from it when the time was right. And that's that's really critical as well. We tend to jump into making meaning far too soon. You have to be in the experience. You have to be present. You have to go through it. You have to go through the dark nights of the soul. You have to go through the deep wailing grief, the trauma and the effects of that. Like you have to go through it and eventually you learn lessons. You gain gifts and wisdom, not necessarily from the thing that happened, but because of what you chose to do in the aftermath of it. So that is really what I want to share here is that we get to choose the meaning that we make in the aftermath of these experiences. We decide how they're going to shape us and how they will not shape us. We make those choices. Those are incredibly difficult choices to make. They require heaps of discernment and presence and being in tune with yourself and your intuition and knowing yourself and what's best for you. And it requires knowing what you want, which comes in time. So if you're still in the depths of it, so much love to you. Be patient, be present, keep moving forward, keep moving through whatever's here and whatever comes next. What you desire, who you are being shaped into and who you want to be shaped into and how you want this to shape your life and the storyline that you continue to write for yourself, that will come in time. So trust the process, trust the unfolding, but remember like you decide. And notice if you're assigning meaning that is not supportive to you. Investigate where that comes from. If you're just like, life is always out to get me. I'm unlovable. Here's more proof of that. Like whatever story that you're telling or meaning that you're assigning to what happened, does it feel crappy? Does it feel like it's weighing you down? Does it feel like it's reinforcing something that feels really freaking awful, even if it's familiar? Maybe that's not the meaning that you want to choose to assign to this. It doesn't have to be. It's simply an event that happened. Again, check out the book, What Really Happened. That goes into this way of thinking and this framing of experiences and experiencing life in much more depth and a really helpful and productive way. All that happened is what happened. You are now choosing to assign meaning to it. Is the meaning that you're assigning in the story that you're telling, is it productive for you? Does it feel good? Does it allow you to become more of who you're here to be? Does it allow you to do more of what you're here to do? Does it allow you to create the life that you want to create? If it doesn't, it's a choice. Choose different meaning. Choose a different ending to the story. That takes work. You don't have to do it alone. But just know 
It's a choice that's always available to you, even when it feels really impossible. That is what I have for you today. Thank you for joining me throughout season two. We've had some really amazing guests. We have some recordings that are waiting in the queue for season three that are also pretty incredible, and I'm really excited to share those. Tales from the Journey will be back. We might make some formatting changes to align better with where I'm at and how I want to produce content. So we will keep you updated about all of that. And yeah, stay tuned. Follow me on Instagram if you haven't. It's just Stephanie Z. Follow me on Facebook, Stephanie Zamora. We will be sharing more of the exciting things that we're releasing soon, including the new podcast. And I just cannot wait to have these conversations with you and to introduce you to some pretty incredible people doing a different kind of work in the world than the work that we've been talking about. So stay tuned for that. Enjoy your summer, stay safe, stay cool. And if you need any support at all, you can head over to talesfromthejourney.tv slash free for some free resources. You can also head over to stephaniezamora.com slash shop for different books and products and affordable offerings to help you start deepening into this work. Thank you so much for joining us today and for being a part of this powerful community of purpose-driven individuals. We have a ton of free resources for you at www.talesfromthejourney.tv free, including access to my signature process for how to make the impossible happen, packaged in a simple, easy-to-follow workbook that you can implement immediately. Whether you're trying to heal in the aftermath of a challenging chapter, working to uncover your purpose, or going after anything else that feels impossible, you'll learn how to take an entirely different kind of action that goes against much of what you've been taught about manifestation and goal achievement. We'd love your help in getting the message out and growing our community. So please take a moment to share this episode, subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review on iTunes. 